0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading
1: brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
0: Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James, and before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind the scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash who would win show right now. Who would win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash who would win show, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan, you'll be an official member of the
1: Legion. Hope to see you there. Central City is once again a hot spot for trouble. Descending through a rift with dozens of intelligent guerrilla warriors, Grodd stands before them all. Resplendent in ape armor, Grodd aims to turn the city into a place for him, his people, and nobody else. It is then that a crescent-shaped cape briefly blocks out the moon, as the brightly monochromatic hero, Moon Knight, drops into the scene. Turn your forces away, please, and get back to your home. Home. This is Grodd's home. Grodd telepathically responded. Right, looks like a fight then, Moon Knight says as Mark Spector takes over, and your TV screen will not be big enough to handle what follows. It's Avatar vs. Silverback, it's Crescent Moon versus Humanity's Doom, it's MCU Moon Knight versus Arrow vs. Grodd. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another
0: episode of Who Would Win? A show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Sticanus. In today's episode, it's a battle of the minds where the many mental facets of Moon Knight takes on the genius IQ and psionic enemy of the Flash. I'm talking, of course, about the impressive Gorilla Grodd. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this match has been discussed. And this battle, unbelievably, has been discussed... What? Dozens of times? No. No, 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 Thousands of times? No. Millions of times? Uh-uh. In fact, this matchup has been discussed never before. Thank you. All right. As far as I can tell, anyway. Yeah, I know. I did a deep dive on Google. I went up to page three. After the first three, after the ads, you're done. You're, you're done. Anyway. Yet again, Who Would Win brings you a first-time premier geek culture battle because that's what we do for our fan base, the Legion of Audience.
1: Ray, i got to know, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I, of course, love this battle completely, and we'll find out more about why in just a moment. But uh, MCU Moon Knight, a very, very good show on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it didn't hit me maybe as hard as I was hoping that it would, but it's not that I didn't enjoy it. I liked it plenty fine. You know, rocking an 8 out of 10 is not, like, a shameful thing by any stretch of the imagination. And the Arrowverse Flash, you know, the Flash TV show on the CW network. I haven't gotten into a lot of Arrowverse. I did get to immerse myself when we did uh, Arrowverse Green Arrow a little while ago for Showdown September, and I was really into it. It seemed like the kind of show I'd really be into. And I did a deep dive on on the CW Flash show in order to do this, I watched a lot of Gorilla Grodd. Um, if that's going to tell you guys, I think the title of the episode will tell you which version of the characters are there. But that's the direction we're going. And this is intriguing, to say the least.
0: You know, it's interesting. I, I have to agree with you on the Moon Knight uh, Disney Plus series. I I really, really liked it. I just wish there was more Moon Knight. Right. you right. I loved all the character development. I just needed a bit more action with the the, the title character in this. Now, we've got an episode where we each know the exact version or iteration of the character we're debating. And what's interesting is I got hit with a question from one of our fans from the Legion of Audience. And they said, you know, there are other uh, shows out there, some really great ones as well who put character versus character from different universes, but they use the composite version of the character using every iteration. So for example, we were debating Wonder Woman. We'd say Wonder Woman from the comic books, from the Justice League, you uh, you know, unlimited cartoon series from the movies and every feat that that character had done in every iteration would be used in the battle. I'm not particularly a fan of that. Ray, what are your thoughts on using the, you know, the everything version of a character as opposed to the exact iteration? The
1: first thing I want to say is it made me laugh so hard when you said there are a whole, bunch of shows that do who would win type battles and some of them are good that made me laugh uproariously because most of them are not let's just keep it real now the, they're the, not they're the, not I'm, I'm sorry the, the great the, ones are great I'll own it. there's a lot of yeah, but ones. this one is great what I would say is I don't like the composites I don't like when you take every iteration and because a lot of these characters are written so differently all the time we do our best look a lot of the times it might feel like we have composite when we do like the comic book version of the character but often I find limiting yourself to a much more structured character Makes it for a lot more interesting of a battle because you have, you're by nature, you have to be more creative about it, and that's why I'm very excited about this battle today.
0: No, that's true. You know, the real reason I explained this to uh, the, our great uh, member of our fan base who asked that question, I said, look, there, there's two reasons why we, we do what we do. The first one is, first of all, because that's how we do it, and we said so. That should be it, by the way. That should that's be it. End. I know I'm pulling a race to Canis right now, but that's just how I it is. This is show business. Here's the deal. It's a complex issue, and that's why we have to have one of the most complex and compelling judges of all time on the Who Would Win Show come back. So, making another appearance on the Who Would Win Show. It's Drax on Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy on Disney+. Plus. It's Volibear in League of Legends. It's the English voice of Kaido on One Piece on Crunchyroll. One Piece! Love One Piece. And he's also, oddly enough, and strangely, the voice of Gorilla Grodd on the CW's The Flash. What? Excuse me? Huh. Wonder how that happened. It's David Zobalov. David, welcome to Who Would Win?
2: Hey, how you doing? All right. Well, I was doing great (laughs) until I realized you were the judge.
0: What the heck? Okay, before we get to that, David, you're an extremely busy individual. We love, you know, just like with the other judges who are especially in in voiceover work, we love seeing you appear everywhere. You're on One Piece as Kaido. You're doing all these great things, video games, what have you. Tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, what you're up to these days.
2: Well, I've created a new cartoon. Called Captain Fingers, and I'm just about ready to send it out to networks to see if I can sell the thing.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Newsflash: Can you tell our
2: fan base a little bit about this project? I can't say much about it yet, but you know, this, it's the hard thing about doing interviews and podcasts <laughs> when you're a voice actor and developing stuff. So many things are embargoed. You know, I'm in two mm-hmm. other movies right now that I'd love to tell you about, but NDA <laughs> (non-disclosure agreement).
0: Mm-hmm. Well, listen, our legion of fan base has spoken and they loved it when your last appearance. So now they're going to be super excited you're on again. If there's anything we can do to support you and, and, you know, boost the message or do whatever, we are in 1000%. But more importantly than your new projects and your movies, you can't speak about because you're awesome. Uh, I got to address the pink elephant in the room, David. You're the amazing, by the way, voice of Gorilla Grodd uh, on the CW and Ray's representing uh, Gorilla Grodd from the CW in this oh, episode against MCU's crazy Moon I would
1: pick that version I know, just of the Crazy. Character. I don't even know.
0: Huh. I didn't realize this, by the way, until the production team told me, and they held this back for a while, knowing I'd kind of be like, wait, what? So the question I have for you, David, is how in the heck are you going to be impartial in this battle? Well, I
2: could clear my mind, I can zen out about this, and just pretend I've never played Grodd even. it, It's hard, but I could go back 10 years and just pretend I don't know who he is. Hmm. I
1: would prefer it, actually, if you if you would not do that and, in fact, be severely biased in this episode. You would be doing me a solid.
2: Well, I uh, all I can say is you're the best man win.
1: I'm feeling that. All I'm trying to say Ooh. right now is that lately it feels, and the audience has attested to this online, it feels like James Gavsey's on a little bit of a winning streak right now. He's doing very, very well over the last, say, six to eight episodes, and the people at home feel like I should be like 8-0 in those episodes. They've told me loudly hashtag Ray is (laughs) right, hashtag Ray was robbed. So when you see an opportunity and you see a judge of your caliber on the the docket for the next episode to suddenly, I don't know, reach into your bag of many things and pull out a character they played, I'm just saying right now David, I need this.
2: I understand. I I feel you and um, I'll do the best I can to not help you at all.
1: Excellent. Well, then that's the type of support I'm used to.
2: I can't help either one of you. I got to play the game.
0: Listen, David, you're the one thing that we really like about you in your last appearance, you actually were not just an impartial judge, but you asked questions. You made sure that you understood the context of where we were coming from. This is something I got I'm I, as much as I'm kind of perplexed how the production team thought this was a great, fantastic idea, it actually is. I'm actually excited about this because you bring that je ne sais quoi, that special element to the to the judge position that is Vitally important for the show. All I'm saying is uh, I'm really hoping I get the win because then I can hold this over Ray like nothing ever before. Ray, you ready to lose? Never. Okay, that's fair. All right,
1: so with that said, it's about that time. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing the MCU, the man who asks not what his country can do for him, but what he can shoe for his country. Moon Knight, and representing the Arrowverse, the gorilla who, if he founded a terrorist organization, would probably call it Boko Harambe. Grod. I've outdone myself. I don't know this how week. you lose these matchups. Yeah, this is fantastic. I'm really yeah. great. Enjoy your Grodd
2: impression is quite. I don't uh, know how you lose there.
1: And to be fair though, I, I need some extra coaching, David, on that Grodd impression. Very clearly,
2: what you do is <laughs> you just let it go. You just relax your voice. Oh, man. Rot, hate
1: banana I, I I just wet him. okay so,
2: <laughs>
1: Those are terrifying moments on the TV show and I should know I've watched all of them about 10 times each in the last two days. I love it. All right well well done Ray
0: before we go any further let's go over the official rules of a who would win match which are brought to you by indeed.com, one of our great sponsors and by the geek and game Facebook community, the best place in my opinion for all things to do with geek culture. Here are the rules. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the who would win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality. And the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Race to Canis. So we know the version you're using the CW's version of Grilligrod, who is fantastic, by the way. And I'll be using the NCU version of Moon Knight. This is going to be an amazing battle. Rule number four debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five the winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides. As the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack. Threat can be made for at least two minutes. Finally, rule number six the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store to get your very own Who Would Win merchandise and accessories. Go to WhoWouldWinStore.com to get your hands on some Who Would Win merch immediately after the show, not during the show. Focus on the show after the show, go to the website, we're good to go.
1: We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Dr. Doom and of course, save the universe. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me Need to supercharge your hiring? You need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. I've been a fan of Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look. But if you're hiring... You can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to U.S. Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. Indeed's going to do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning.
0: Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash www offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash www indeed.com slash www terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. And now, Let's get to the tail of the tape
1: for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Gorilla Grodd. Grodd is an intelligent, telepathic gorilla who seeks revenge on humans. He was created by John Broom and Carmine Infantino and first appeared in The Flash 106 back in 1959. The version of Grodd from CW's The Flash first appeared on the season one episode Crazy for You in 2015 and was voiced by one David Sobolov. Grodd was experimented on at Star Labs as a test subject. After being exposed to the energy from a particle accelerator, he gained superpowers, escaped, and started his reign of terror on Central City. Grod wants revenge on humans for his treatment and bides his time to find the perfect setup before striking. Grod has super strength, durability, as well as a host of mental attacks and abilities. Fun fact: The choices for president don't always make everyone happy. But are you ready for President Grod? Well, in the comic books, Grodd got himself a device that made everyone around him like him without question. After wooing the wife of his rival to his side, Grodd set his aspirations to the world of politics and started to run for governor, with the end goal becoming president of the United States. Flash ended up foiling his plan, which is sad because I, for one, am ready for One Nation Under Grodd. And that is Grodd.
0: Wow. That was good.
1: All right. Here are the important
0: details for Moon Knight. Moon Knight, a.k.a. Mark Spector, was created by Doug Mench and Don Perlin and first appeared in Werewolf by Night, number 32, back in August of 1975. Now, the son of a Jewish family, Mark Spector served as a U.S. Marine and briefly as a CIA operative before becoming a mercenary. During a job... In the Middle East, presumably, Spectre is appalled when ruthless fellow mercenaries decide killing other people around him, turning on him as well, leaving him for dead. A mortally wounded Spectre reaches out and unearths a tomb and is placed before a statue of the Egyptian moon god, Khonshu. Spectre dies and suddenly revives fully healed. He claims Khonshu wants him to be the Moon Knight, the left fist of Khonshu, and redeems his life of violence by now protecting and avenging the innocent. Now, of course... The Disney version and the 616 Marvel uh, Universe version of Moon Knight have some similarities, but you see where we're going with this. Now, here's an interesting fact about Moon Knight. Did you know that many of Moon Knight's ancient Egyptian weapons were designed by the one, the only, Hawkeye? Yeah, Hawkeye. Evidently, it's true. So, Moon Knight was once connected to the West Coast Avengers, one of our favorite teams from the 80s, 5,000 years before he would eventually join them. One particular story follows Hawkeye, the then leader of the West Coast Avengers, Iron Man Tigra, and others as they get flung back in time to ancient Egypt. Fleeing civil unrest in the streets of Cairo over the current pharaoh the West Coast Avengers hold up in the temple of the moon god, Kanchu. Hawkeye ends up fashioning all manner of weapons for the priests to protect themselves, including dozens of crescent darts and stars. Hmm. These would then be the weapons presented to Mark Spector when he became Moon Knight, the, frist, the fist of Kanchu. 5,000 years later. Pretty cool. And now you have the facts on both opponents. David, do you have any questions before we get started?
2: Well, you're already in trouble because you haven't really told me anything enough about his powers or weapons Mm. that would overpower Grodd. (sighs) He's got a bunch of stuff that's made by Hawkeye. Um, He's somehow combat. I don't know. I don't know anything about him, frankly, at, at all. I don't. So I'm going only by what you tell me. He's the left fist of Kanchu. Well, what if you don't know who Kanchu is or what the left fist does? Not looking strong there, James. David, look, let me tell you something. We've got three points. And I could give you
0: all of my points right now, but I have a plan, a very distinct plan, because um, – Ray, even though he doesn't have a ton of wins over the past few episodes, he's come awfully close. And I've got to play this very, very carefully. You'll get all these details. Trust me on that. But with that being said, it's time for point number one. Ray, go ahead and hit us with what you got.
1: Point number one for Grodd. And first thing we got to just talk about is the uh, 1,600-pound gorilla in the room, as we would say. He is a giant, massive creature. If you you see the picture behind me, good for audio. He is about twice the size of a human. He is about what would you say a human 6 feet tall Grodd is probably about 12 to 15 feet tall. He is massive. People try to hit Grodd and nothing happens. You know, Grodd is also strangely agile being a gorilla for somebody his size. We've seen him over the course of the television shows make huge jumps in the air. Now we've seen Moon Knight do the same thing, but I would argue if they're both jumping through the air, Grodd is just as agile as Moon Knight and has so much weight behind him that if the two collided in midair, Moon Knight would be in deep, deep trouble. And we've seen him jump 80 feet in the air. We've seen him jump to the buildings, and we've seen him jump to high windows. And we've also seen him jump down from all those things as well and not need to roll. He just sort of jumps, lands, sticks the landing like Simone Biles. And then there she is. There he is, just on the ground ready to fight. This is an enormously uh, massive creature. Now, we've seen him fight a few different uh, ways. In the sewer tunnels below uh, the city, that we saw his original uh, appearance, two maintenance workers got completely manhandled and overpowered by Grodd as they were just searching through the tunnels, saw the word Grodd written everywhere, and then he just came out of the shadows and just dunked on them, basically. They did not survive that encounter. Now, those are just maintenance workers, but these are grown men who saw Grodd and immediately just started trying to run away, and he said, that's not going to happen. Another thing that Grodd is is very, very fast. Uh, We saw him race through the sewers in order to knock out an incapacitated Flash uh, who was having some issues, and he just ran through the sewers very, very quickly caught up to the Flash, and slap-smacked him real, real hard. We've seen him reach down with one hand and pull a guy up in a sewer tunnel. A a full human just reached down, pulled him up like it was absolutely nothing. We saw him grab Flash mid-combat. So Flash, as we know, moves very, very fast. Grodd just reached out, grabbed him. Why? Because he's also very, very smart, and he knew where Flash is going to be. Grabs him, lifts Flash up in the air. Now, this is a character who allegedly can vibrate his way through people, but not when Grod is involved. He then took him through flash through a brick wall, smashing his body through the brick wall, breaking the flash in many ways, both emotionally, mentally as well as physically, because Flash is not used to being manhandled by a creature like this. Another thing we saw, he grabbed a scientist that he had previously mind controlled and flung him about 30 feet in the air, smashing his sign on like a high a high-rise uh, type of wall above a driving area smashed, plat. guy died in one shot. Look, he can drop from the top of, of large buildings as well. Now, as I said before, now can he jump high, he can land high too. Ten stories at the lowest estimate. He was able to just drop down, stick the landing, and was good to go. Another couple of things before we're done here, I saw him rip the top off of an SUV. If he can just get onto a car, smash a car to stop it, an SUV of all things, rip off the top like a sardine can lid and then grab people out of the car he can hurt Moon Knight if he gets his hands on him which he will And the last example of his powerful size and strength working out is he was, he's able to withstand a dimensional portal. They set up a big circle. They put a dimensional portal to try to suck him into it, to take him to a planet of gorillas where they thought he would be happy. Well, Grodd didn't know about what was going on and didn't trust humans anyway. And he was able to use his size and avoid getting sucked into a interdimensional tunnel whose entire job was to suck him in. And it took the flash hitting him real, real hard with one of these, what do you call him James? Oh, that's right. The infinite mass punch, and that's what it took to finally push him through uh, this portal. At the end of the day, he's too big, too strong, too smart, and too durable for Moon Knight to have any chance in this battle, regardless of which personality you use. And that's my point number one. All right, first of all, first of all, how dare you race to Canis? In the Flash TV series,
0: the infinite mass punch is not used. They call it a sonic punch. Right, where he moves faster than the speed of sound. I think he typically runs around Mach 1 or around the city or what have you, which is really impressive, but it's not an infinite mass punch like the DC comic book universe. It's a much slower, yet still pretty impressive punch. Look, not to take anything away from Grillo durability or strength, he's done some impressive things. I checked it out. He's actually only listed at 7'1 and listed at 600 pounds. Now, again, that's massive. That's huge. He's not 12 feet tall like Racy St. would have you Look believe. These people standing next to each big.
1: other in this audio medium. He's so much bigger than the Flash. That's not a foot taller than the Flash, unless you're to tell me the Flash is three foot seven.
0: I, I'm just saying he's listed, according to CW, at 7'1", 600 pounds. That's all I'm saying. That's a big seven one, by the way. That's a big one. Now, uh, on top of that, you say he can rip off the top of an SUV. Awesome. That We call that regular Canadian strength. Nothing that impressive. He has shown some really great durability and some great, uh, you know, ability to tank shots. And that's the one thing that he does a lot. When someone's trying to hit him, that is something where he can actually take it and then continue on. So I will give you that. Uh, very impressive. Grodd manhandled two maintenance workers. I, I just hope that uh, Moon Knight has the ability to, you know, to, you know fight three maintenance workers as impressive as they are. Uh, what I love the most about the Flash, though, when he fought Gorilla Grodd, is that Flash had a, as great of a Power says he had he never actually tried to kill gorilla grod there's a level of viciousness that the flash didn't have because again he's a great hero he wanted to incapacitate gorilla grod he never wanted to kill him so the viciousness the bloodthirstiness, whatever wasn't really there in this battle good thing i'm not saying he would have overtaken uh grod more but just wasn't quite there so this is like you know something just to keep an eye on look There's a lot of great stuff about Gorilla Grodd, but I think we're going to see very clearly why Moon Knight's going to win this. Let me get to my point number one, and I want to talk about the cool things that Moon Knight has at his disposal. Look, he's got weapons, he's got some great uniforms, but most importantly at his disposal, he's got some great operators of his body. So, let's talk about Moon Knight's uniform. Now, and the different iterations. You've got Mr. Knight, which is one of the versions of Moon Knight, where he's just got like a suit on and he's got a hood over his face and his mouth. You can see the whites of his eyes. really cool. And then, you know, that's cool. But I'm talking more about the classic Moon Knight with the cape and, you know, covered head to toe and and just looking like a a complete badass. I love that version of him. So, with that uniform, he's also got these crescent darts that he can pull out of the emblem of his suit, and these uh, crescent darts, of course, are the emblem, but they really are amazing weapons. He can use them as knives or bladed weapons, and he can throw them as well as Batman can throw his batarangs. By the way, they're magic based, which means he's probably going to always get them back, and maybe he even can reload them and never run out. This is a really cool aspect of the character. Now, on top of his suit, he's got three personalities inside his mind that are an operation of his body at any one time. So one personality at a time, even though he may talk to another one, but only one personality can operate his body. So let's talk about these personalities. So the first one we meet is Steven Grant. Not really thinking he's going to be a big factor in this battle. He's meek and shy when he's, you know, type of person. However, despite his anxiousness, he does have a strong sense of morality. That's cool. And yet, this version of Moon Knight not going to stand a chance against Gorilla Grodd, which means he's going to call on and lead us to Mark Spector this is the guy for this battle so Spector is highly prone to aggression is brave courageous tactical and is a master martial artist he's listed as an extremely skilled and master hand-to-hand combatant in martial arts having trained extensively in both the marines and CIA he was chosen to be a warrior by Khonshu the, the god the god of the moon and the sky and Conshu said he deems him as a worthy candidate and as a worthy warrior that is a big deal so Mark Spector's fighting styles include boxing, Krav Maga, Jiu-Jitsu, wrestling, Taekwondo, karate, Kung Fu, Kali, scream, and Muay Thai. This is a badass. He also possesses knife mastery. We saw this when he took on several knife-wielding followers of Amit, the, the other evil god in the show. And this skill also goes towards when he has to use his crescent darts or crescent, you know, throwing stars as melee weapons and throwing weapons as Moon Knight. This is really, really cool. On top of that, let's make this even better. Mark Spector is a master marksman, as we see him when he's, we see him throwing his crescent darts with great precision, and he can also throw his darts at the same time at multiple targets. Really, really, really cool. This is kind of disturbing. Mark Spector, and this is on the Disney Plus wiki. Mark Spector is also a master assassin. So, yeah, he'll know how to attack all of the insidey places of Gorilla Grodd in really cool and disturbing ways with his crescent moons and any other improvised weapons he needs to use to take him out. He's also, again, I already mentioned, highly aggressive, uses amazing tactical fighting. By the way, this is the formula of the most dangerous kind of fighter you can face, whether it's cage fighting, combat sports, or just whoever you're facing as a military type of person. This is a dangerous man, dangerous formula. On top of all that... Mark Spector actually enjoys fighting. He loves it. He lives for it. This is crazy. And then there's the most dangerous personality of all. This is Jake Lockley. Now, we saw Jake Lockley at the end of the show, and he was alluded to during the episodes. This is Mark Spector with even more aggression, more ruthlessness. Less of a moral compass with all the fighting skills and capabilities that Mark Spector has. This is who decimates Moon Knight's opponents when Mark Spector blacks out for a couple of seconds and Jake takes over. Jake spares no one and is insanely brutal in his method. In fact, when Mark Spector retakes control of his body after Jake Lockley has it, the survivors, if there are any, are begging for mercy. That is crazy. In this battle, Gorilla Grodd's not facing an opponent like the Flash. Again, I mentioned this, who's trying to subdue him or knock him out. Oh, no. If he's lucky, he's going up against an opponent who knows how to kill him and has the power and skill to do so but has some restraint. If he's not lucky, he's going up against something much, much worse. That's my point number one
1: very interesting now I'm glad you brought up uh, Jake uh, Jake Loxley I believe his name is because he really only appears in the final five minutes of the final episode of Moon Knight so if we really are talking about MCU's Moon Knight we're not really talking about Jake uh, who also we never really see him fight we see him there's a whole bunch of thugs and a whole bunch of people in this battle they black out they come back and all the thugs are dead you talked about uh, uh, he's not really fighting Who do, who is Grodd fighting in the flash well who is Jake fighting who is Moon Knight fighting in that particular scene it's just a bunch of nobodies. So of course you're going to knock over a bunch of tomato cans if they're trying to make a point in the finale moments of this wonderful television show. And Jake is really not there most of the time either. This is really a Mark Spector fight if we really break it down. But I'm glad you brought him up because uh, Grodd, outside of everything else, is a great manipulator. He's a great manipulator. He gets people to do what they want. He convinces them to do the wrong things and do things that help him outside of his mental attacks. And what happened with Jake at the end of the uh, Marvel Moon Knight... Uh, Uh, episode of the final episode it turns out he was working for conchu the entire time and so was mark and so was steven and they didn't even know it so the fact that conchu was able to manipulate moon knight to do exactly what he wanted the whole time i see grodd as a similar type of character who could also do the same thing especially if jake comes out
0: interesting points interesting points all right david you've heard points one from both ray and myself where's your head at with this battle so far
2: well here's the thing Mark Spector and Jake Lockley, they have brute strength in a sense, not like Grodd does, but they have all these weapons. Some of them are magic. They can recharge them and all that stuff. And they're relentless, which is great. But what in the relentlessness? Uh, Is there smarts in there? How intelligent are they? Can they outwit Grodd when he's using some sort of mind control? Or do you believe that they can somehow evade? Am I allowed to ask questions now? I'm just commenting. Um, Sure. How could they evade um, Grod's ability to to do mind control.
0: I'm actually going to address that in my second point.
2: Okay. And Ray, mm-hmm. he's got all the strength. How do you how do you feel he they could avoid? How can you feel that Grod could avoid being have whatever he's doing with his mind control disabled or distracted by the Moon Knight?
1: I have that in my answer for my point number two as well. As it turns out.
2: Well, okay. Contin- continue. Continue.
0: See, this is great. This is why when three geniuses get together and have a who would win debate, it's fantastic. Also, it's great when David and I are on the show and Ray's also here. So with that being said, Ray, hit us with your point number two.
1: Point number two for Mr. Grodd, we're going to talk about the mind control powers and the telepathy because first off, he he can use telepathy, uh, telekinesis, that kind of a thing, although that's not his primary form of attack. What he likes to do most often is take over the body of a human uh, or somebody with a human-like intellect. That's his deal. That's why another character I'll talk about later wasn't affected by him. But all the humans are. And what is Mark Specter if not a human? human. In fact, he's a human who already has Konchu kind of working with him, talking in his head all the time, which means we already know that Moon Knight as a character is susceptible to this type of attack, because we've seen it happen to him on his own show. Now, one of the things he likes to do is control people and have them do the things that he wants. You know, the guy I mentioned before, who got thrown 30 feet in the air and got, you know, hit his head on the big wall and then dropped down dead, that guy was being mind-controlled by Grodd, who was working in a chemical plant, I believe, and he was just trying to steal chemicals walk him out to the parking lot where Grodd was like thank you for your service chucked him up in the air so as somebody like Moon Knight is who is already good, has the capacity for uh, telepathy to affect him Grod is going to have a field day with a character like this because the only way the Flash characters on their own show were able to stop it is because and this is a little bit, uh, a little silly I would say, but one of the characters uh, out of nowhere was just able to create a mind control helmet and then give it to the Flash so therefore, you know, that's our plot moment where Grod can't do it to him until Grod knocks it off of his head or something like that. Well, that's not going to happen for Moon Knight here. He doesn't have a team backing him up. He doesn't have a scientist Genius backing him up. The Flash needed a team to defeat Grodd, but Moon Knight, sadly, oh, so sadly, is by himself. In this battle, another thing that he likes to do is use mind jolts to incapacitate characters powerful like the Flash. He fills their minds with dread and fear, and it's taken from his own pain and his own fear of being operated on. Uh, you know what create made him into a super gorilla. Well, he takes that, channels that, pushes that into the mind of somebody else and drops them. So if Stephen Grant, who is a very timid version of the character of Moon Knight, is in there, Grodd could absolutely fully incapacitate him. And the thing is multiple personality disorder I don't think is going to be any kind of a savior here because it's still just one brain. He's still bringing down that brain so it doesn't matter which personality gets transferred in it's going to have the same problem with the mind control and then the mind incapacitation that he does. He uses his feelings and he can bring them down to the point where the flash is at subway tracks and the flash is being decimated by these feelings so hard he couldn't just walk five feet off of the tracks until something else had to happen. He literally used his mind control Grodd did to cause a person multiple times to point a gun that they were trying to use on Grodd or somebody else and just turn and point it at their own heads and in one case pull the trigger Moon Knight's got all these great weapons what happens when Grodd makes him use these weapons on himself or at the very least because we've also seen him throw the gun away uh, as make them throw the gun away as well so he could make Moon Knight throw all his weapons away that's the whole point is in a physical battle I think that Grodd takes out Moon Knight I think he's just too much if the Flash couldn't handle him I just don't think Moon Knight could handle him. But the, it's not even going to come to that because these mental attacks are going to be too much. Moon Knight is very susceptible. He's going to be in trouble. He's psychically frozen people in place before, as I've said. And at the very end of the day, he could freeze them in place and run up and give him a big old wallop, taking him out for the two minutes needed to win this battle. That's my point number two. I like that. Leading hard
0: on the uh, mental telepathy of, uh, of Grodd. I think that's uh, actually a really strong thing to do against anyone except moon knight and i'll explain that more in my point number two now first of all um what's interesting to kind of go back a second in terms of manipulation you know yeah Grodd is a great manipulator but he does that over time it's not like he just shows up and he's like time to manipulate everyone no no no. he's a master planner takes his time sets everyone up like a chessboard in a random new account or a neutral location that time to manipulate people is just not going to be there by the way you're right ray Khonshu, the god of the moon and the sky, what have you, is already kind of manipulating uh, and controlling um, Mark Spector and Moon Knight, whether he knows it or not. So it's not like Khonshu is going to be like, oh, cool, another manipulator. I'm the god of the moon. I have godlike powers. Yeah, I'll let this other being take over. He just won't allow that to happen. I'll explain more of that as well. Uh, And by the way, the Flash overcame... Uh, Grodd's telepathic uh, attacks which were pretty powerful in that subway scene which was really cool by the way and the way he did it is he just thought about uh, Iris, his girlfriend at the time and that was really cool he took something very positive put in his life to shame, shift his focus I wonder if Moon Knight has a way to shift his focus from one thing to another that's right he can switch personalities whenever one's under attack or something has to change he just shifts to another personality that's a whole new shift of focus that's something Moon Knight can use easily against Grodd's celebrity but with that being said I I would also argue
1: James to your point really quick he did have that person in his ear shouting at him while he did think of her so it's not like he just did it on his own he had outside interference to help
0: that's true. Luckily, Konchu is also in Moon Knight's ear at all times whenever, whenever he feels he needs to be there, especially in a big attack like this. Thank you for bringing that up, Ray. All right. Now, let me get to my point number two. Let's talk about the powers of Moon Knight because one of the things I really like about the Disney Plus series is that they gave Moon Knight a little bit more of the physical ability to fight and to take on evildoers, which I always love. So thanks to Konchu, who's the god of the moon and vengeance, two pretty cool things, Moon Knight has some really interesting superpowers ranging from, I guess, enhanced physicals to godlike types of powers. No joke with that one. So let's start with the basics. He's got super strength. Moon Knight is so strong that he dented a car bumper when he squeezed it tight and pulled it out from the car with ease. When his cape was riddled with bullets, Moon Knight returned them with force just by flinging his cape in accuracy and, and, you, and did it really actually by just shooting them all out. He just... I guess flourished his cape in the direction of where the bullets came from and then shot the bullets of all the people who were shooting him. On a side note, I don't think we use the word riddled enough as a society, just a thought. Super speed and super reflexes. He's got them. He was able to out this huge... Hellhound, for lack of a better term, that was coming after him on the rooftops. He's got super agility. We saw that when he was able to climb up a building very fast, jump high by going from one level to another, and even jumping across wide distances across city blocks from building to building. He's got super durability. We saw this during numerous fights where he would smash into the ground, crater it, and then get back up. He's got a super pain tolerance. This is crazy because Mark Spector, for whatever reason, is so focused on accomplishing his objectives that he will take the pain that comes By the way, this is on the Disney Plus Wiki don't know what's going on with Disney Plus, kind of liking it. In fact, he can take more pain than is humanly possible. That is listed as that. So as Moon Knight amped up with Khonshu's supernatural power, his pain tolerance is now insanely superhuman. Give him a brain jolt and Moon Knight can just tank it like a physical hit. This is crazy. Here's a fun one. Moon Knight can fly. During the Battle of Cairo, that was the last battle of the Disney Plus series, uh, Moon Knight was able to fly to the pyramids to stop the main villain Arthur Harrow from killing more people, thanks to Khonshu giving him an upgrade on the spot that's fun oh he's also immortal Konchu can bring Moon Knight's physical body regardless of which mind is present in the body of Moon Knight himself back to life in fact Konchu can do it but he more so wants to do it why? Because Kanchu wants to tether or link to Earth, and as of right now, he can only do that through his avatar, which is Moon Knight. So if Moon Knight dies, somehow, Khonshu can no longer be connected to the Earth. Since he doesn't want that, he's going to use his godly powers to make sure Moon Knight doesn't die. He'll take damage, but he's going to make sure he stays alive. Therefore, immortality. And this ties in. The next one is immortality. Evidently, Moon Knight has a regenerative healing factor and is able to heal from any external wounds that he's received. Thanks to magic, Moon God is just that type of person, and if that wasn't enough, Moon Knight is listed as invincible. So what does that even mean? It means that Moon Knight can take pretty much anything and not go down. Will he feel pain? Sure, but he's just not going to stop. We saw this in the Disney Plus series where Moon Knight is stabbed through his body with numerous spears. Instead of going down, he takes it all and then kills everyone around him. Another time, he was able to walk forward while getting shot and have it barely slow him down. And for dessert, Moon Knight, just like James Gabsy has, again, Disney Plus listed this, Enhanced brain function. So this is something that was in the 616 version of Moon Knight that they brought over to the Disney Plus series. So after being brought back to life by the Moon God khonshu Mark's Spector's brain structure was evidently changed due to being in brain-to-brain contact with khonshu a god. So Mark's brain was rebuilt as God's weapon. And again, the full extent of the changes to Mark's mind haven't been shown in the Disney Plus series, but he evidently now has a mental resistance to psionic and telepathic attacks. Now, that doesn't mean he won't feel them. It just means that they won't be able to affect him the same way they would a normal human being. This is a powerhouse. This is an insane creature. Unlike any, I really think, that uh, Gorilla Grodd has ever
1: faced. That's my point number two. Look at you trying to muddy the waters of what version you're talking about. I agree that the comic book version has some of these defenses, but what psychic attacks did Moon Knight take in the show to justify that claim to you? The answer is none. The answer is you read a wiki and you're hoping that you know because somebody said w- somewhere that they're kind of similar that you're going to muddy these waters. He defended himself from no mental attacks on the show. Nothing like Gorilla Grodd has to uh, put out there. I think you are hideously trying trying to uh, misrepresent exactly what I saw in six episodes of the Moon Knight show. I don't blame you for trying it. I even respect you for trying it. But no, 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 James Gavsey. Nowhere was he defending from mental attacks on the show. Now, one thing I did see him do on the show was take two bullets to the chest and go down for about a day and a half. I saw him die, go to the afterlife, spend two episodes there uh, reverting between the sands of time and an asylum before finally coming back in the final episode of the show. If he can get shot twice in the chest and go down, I'd like to believe that what Gorilla Grodd can dish out will easily be enough because Moon Knight doesn't dodge a whole lot. He takes advantage of this durability and really tanks everything thrown at him. Against a guy like Grodd, that's a bad idea.
0: Real quick, in episode either five or the beginning of episode six, we do see evidence of a mental attack where the main villain is shown as his therapist trying to you know persuade him to do something, and Stephen Grant's like, "Nah, you're not real. This isn't true," and just walks out of that whole thing, leaving that person there. So he totally defended a mental attack. Number two, that was in the uh, afterlife and
1: in, in his own brain. What are we talking about right now? He made it that was an character. attack of he some sort.
0: It was an attack of some sort. Trust me. And then the second part, Kanshu, when he did get shot, that's because Kanshu wasn't tethered to the earth anymore. Remember, Kanshu was captured, set in stone by the other gods. Therefore, his power was not there. He was no longer the avatar of Kanshu. That's why he was now immortal and got shot, even though he did come back. All right, we are now at the turning point. But before we get to what David has to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? We haven't had him in a little while, so let's talk about Gabe in Grotto once again. Ooh, this may be the most powerful member of the Patreon community for Who Would Win in the history of Patreon. All right, against someone like that, we're, going, we're bringing a heavy hitter. Let's put Gabe against... Oh, yeah, I'm going to say it. The Scarlet Witch Wanda Maximoff.
1: Wow. Now the Scarlet Witch unfortunately is in a lot of trouble here because the Scarlet Witch look, she's got a lot of magical abilities she has a lot of ways about her and a ways to destroy people. Look, the House of M storyline, she ended all of the mutants and I think that when she sees Gabe she's going to register his power level to be off the charts and I think where Wanda's hubris mistake is going to happen is that Scarlet Witch is going to try a no more mutants scenario. She's going to say no more mutants because she sees Gabe in front of her and unfortunately Unfortunately, uh, uh, Santa Claus, he's going to go away completely. Professor Xavier, wiped off the map. Iceman, well, he's a mutant even though he's not Omega level. He's going to go away as well. But the problem is, this is a natural power from Gabe and Grada. Scarlet Witch is going to be like, you should be gone. Your power level didn't sink. In fact, you just got angry. We got rid of these great characters. What's even happening? And before she can even finish that sentence, Gabe Ingrata jumps up in the air anime style and comes down with a fistful of fireball, knocking her to the ground. She actually battlefield removes herself to think about what's been happening. Gabe easily wins this battle. This all tracks. This is exactly how I see it. By the way, Marvel, MCU, Disney Plus,
0: Disney make this happen. Hire Gabe right Please now. Do. He's your next Please superstar. He, he's amazing. Okay. This was a great battle. Uh, Totally cool. Remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. David, you've had a moment to ponder the turning point. Who do you think is ahead and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory?
2: Well, like in any good horse race, James, um, things change during the course of the race and you've, you're Almost neck and neck now with Grodd with some of your arguments. However, I I have to decide if if what you're saying about his psychic abilities is really happening in the canon that you're supposed to be defending. And that I don't know. Somebody's going to have to convince me of that. Um, Ray brought up a crucial point that I, I need to ask. Uh, this, this was like the number one thing that Ray said the whole night so far. What happens... When, he makes, when Grodd makes Moon Knight, turn his weapons on himself. What's your answer to that, James?
0: So here's the deal. Even if he does turn the weapons on himself, you got to remember he's got a healing factor. Number two, he's invincible. Number three, he's immortal. Number four, anything that th- threatens his life, threatens the tether that the god Konshu has with the planet Earth which he would not allow. So Conchu will definitely be that step in or whatever he's going to do to sever any type of mental tie that Grodd may attempt to even have if he feels that that's going to take away, James. again, his avatar.
1: That sounds a heck of a lot like outside interference to me. Doesn't that sound like the illegal use of outside? You've been trying over and over again to bring extra characters to the battles, and that's not allowed. Khonshu can't just step in and win the battle for Moon Knight. Moon Knight has to win the battle for himself.
2: But if Khonshu is linked to him uh, and not in a a permanent way, does that make them one character?
1: Well, he has the powers that Khonshu has granted him, which absolutely is where his powers are from, but as far as direct interference goes, strikes the face of the rules of the Who Would Win show.
2: Mm-hmm. I do need to ask Here's the what. just one more question. Sorry, go ahead. Um, what, okay, Khonshu is a god. As a god, you would think that he could go beyond anything Grodd could ever throw at him. How much of his godlike ability is passed on to Moon Knight in terms of power to influence others without use of weapons
0: interesting so the moon knight's influence is more about the inner personalities he's got right so right now we know of three I don't want to kind of ruin this for the future, there may be more, but there's definitely at least three personalities. And whenever one personality is about to be lost in a battle or is going to be overcome with anguish or with whatever it is to cause a defeat, the next personality steps in and just takes over. And that's what we saw, you know, Ray, we did see actually hints of Jake Lockley early on and I think in episode either one or two, definitely in two, where all of a sudden Mark Spector's fighting someone and then he kind of, everything goes black and he comes back and we hear Stephen grant's voice like i don't know what just happened and mark's voice like, i don't know what just happened it was jake lockley who absolutely horrifically decimated whoever's there that is a built-in it device happened. that's there that just gets called on all
2: right
1: to me that's just disney plus not wanting to pay for fight scenes but you know you know six of one half dozen of the other
2: cool cool well that's all i have David, for did now. that answer yeah okay yeah, very cool did.
1: by the way
0: r- Okay, cool. Ray, by the way, I got to tell you, one of my big uh, pet peeves with the Disney Plus Moon Knight series is yeah. why would you do that and not show the ultimate final battle?
1: That's, why would you just they, hint they at really it? they it like, that. Oh, it was really just cheap. Did, it was so cheap. Right? Thank yes. you. I was, like, I was oh. like, we got like five minutes left to wrap this thing up. Oh, we're just going to say we're done. We're just going to literally cut out five pages and then say we're done. I guess that's a way to do it. Doesn't it like a deus ex machina have to be yeah. like you at least see it? It felt. It, just it isn't felt like really cheap. A, I don't.
0: I don't it's know. It's one I of the just, things I mean, about the
1: show that I did not like. Anyway, here we go. Yes, we're, we're we're moving on. All right, we're at point number
0: three. Race to Canis. This is for all the marbles. Go ahead and show us what you got.
1: Point number three, let's just put this all together and explain to you the specific way that Gorilla Grodd or Grodd would absolutely win this fight against Moon Knight and first up, James, I want to push back more and I want to re- reframe re- reframe again what you were saying because when you say he defended against a psychic attack he was literally in the annals of his own mind, in death he was dead after being shot twice in the chest and he was putting himself in an asylum and imagine creating the character of the enemy that he was facing and literally Literally, there was no actual attack it was all perceived by him from him so I don't think this is an apples to apples comparison as far as those types of attacks go I definitely want to put that on the record it's a, if it's a psychic attack from yourself does it count that's just called thinking that's what I go so anyway Grod, we've seen him get hit <laughs> by a hurt? subway yeah, we've hit okay. him. Get, seen him get hit by a subway train, and he got away from that. You know, the supersonic punch, as they call it on the show, I call it the infinite mass punch, quite truthfully, but uh, it's... Flash went for a real long disc, like five miles of space, went for the supersonic punch that defeats everybody. Grodd just grabbed his hand out of the air and tossed him aside like a ragdoll. Moon Knight's not as fast as the Flash. He's not going to get the hits in on Grodd. Grodd is just too fast and fights a higher caliber of opponent. And that must have been said, uh, we had a whole bunch of speed punches where the Flash just zips around and hits him as hard as he can over and over again with the physics of that, Uh, which is math, I don't know. But he just sat there and took it. durability was too strong for the flash to do any damage to him at all with these sonic punches that are just hitting him over and over and over again another thing that uh, Grodd does is he uses his environment very very well uh, Moon Knight does to a lesser degree but we've seen Grodd jump and launch himself out of pillars, use the environment to hide and then come out from above like he did in the sewers and he uses the area around him much better I think than Moon Knight does so if we're in an area that's not an open field Grodd is going to find a way to absolutely get this done using the environment as much as he uh, would need to. He also beat a character named Solovar when he fused with the Flash. Now, I'm not necessarily going to use this version, but if you'd like to use this version, I would love to. He gained the powers of (laughs) Grodd with all the powers and knowledge of the Flash and dunked on this character named Solovar, uh, who was like the other very powerful ape character in this ape dimension, and absolutely just jacked him up real, real hard, moving very, very fast, using his psychic abilities and size. It was absolutely incredible. Now, one time the Flash tried a speed attack against him, Again, instead of just grabbing his arm and throwing him to the side, he just reached out and backhanded Flash and he just knocked him into a taxi cab which stunned him and basically would have won a who would win battle for he was down for an extended period of time but that's not all one time Grodd went back in time he became a time uh, amalgam in the uh, I believe the Legends of Tomorrow TV show went back to Vietnam and took over and mind controlled a whole village to try to like win Vietnam it was weird he also attacked a young Barack Obama in the late 70s which I just wanted to put it on the record because it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen the winner way and i'm going to say right now the winning way that gorilla grod wins this match is he's going to go inside the mind of stephen grant mark specter who the heck ever it doesn't matter he's going to go into his mind and he's going to convince him to do the one thing that's going to make him vulnerable he's going to make him because moon knight calls upon the suit in order to uh, in order to cover him and gain these moon powers but if 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 grod can get into his brain he can get him to turn off the suit, reverting him back into a normal human being, at which point he will be vulnerable to every physical attack on the planet. And I've seen nothing, nothing that James has said that convinces me that this won't work. So you call upon the, you, you turn off the suit, you lose the powers of Kanchu, He pounds you into the next block. you win by battlefield removal. Grod has this, he has a specific plan using his powers, and he's smart enough to put this together, he's going to get it done, and that's my point number three. Again, saying that you're going to get Moon Knight to
0: revert back to a human and somehow disassociate that tether that he has being the Avatar to Konshu. Uh, overcome a God's power as strong as Grodd is, that's just not going to happen. Remember
1: James, Steven couldn't even call up the suit by wanting to, he had to learn to do that over the course of the show. The suit doesn't just happen. It has to be made to happen by the wearer. Steven was the
0: least, was the youngest of the personalities and the least one tied to using Moon Knight's powers. Uh, That wasn't exactly someone. Even Conchie was kind of like, "Yeah, I'm not so sure about this guy." It was Mark Spector and Jake Lockley who were the actual Moon Knight characters, and that's why Steven's version of it was the weakest of the three. But even though at the end he did get all of his abilities and fighting abilities and became quite capable. All right, so a couple of things: when uh, Gorilla Grodd fused with the Flash in that mindscape, which was really cool, by the way, awesome. um, Even with the Flash's powers, Solovar still beat the Flash and put him on the or beat the Flash and Grodd. And had him on the ground in position for a killing blow, which blew my mind. I'm like, wait, you've got Gorilla, you've got Grodd, who's insanely amazing, and the Flash, who's incredible, and you're still getting beat. This is something that's really cool because the Flash, by the way, as great as he is, he's not the master fighter. He's also not that vicious. Flash has a number of episodes. A number of instances where he takes on Grodd and his first shot against this tank of a gorilla, super-powered being. He's like, you know what the best bet is? Let me just run at him straight forward. Sure, I can run at super speed and hit him from every place a million times. No, no, no. I'm going to run at him straight ahead with him seeing me coming on. The Flash did that like three or four times, and Grodd correctly just took him out with that one shot because he saw him coming. Uh let's see, uh, you know, even as a normal being, um, you know, some of the powers of Kanshu remain with the human when they're not in Moon Knight. But more on that, my point number three, let me just kind of get to this and kind of reveal something really interesting based off my research. Let's take a minute to examine Gorilla Grodd's two big weaknesses. Now, for my point number three, you, you might be saying, what does a giant super genius gorilla with telepathic abilities have as a weakness? And this is where fight strategy comes in again, because in reality, Grodd doesn't have weaknesses as much as he has areas where he could be... Better. So the first one is, he has an over-reliance on his telepathy. If the telepathy stops working, a lot of his game plan changes, meaning he has to rely solely on his physicality. And when his telepathy stopped working on the Flash in that encounter in the subway, the Flash was able to position Gorilla Grodd in front of that speeding subway ray. We talked about it. That took him out. When he took on that large, um, that character, the big, huge shark character, and he tried his telepathy and it didn't work, that's when he had to use his physicality. Now, of course, he did get the better of him, but at the end, it took one punch. From that shark godlike character to take out Grodd. The second weakness that Grodd had is the fact he's at best a basic hand-to-hand fighter Grodd even admitted that he was no match for Solivar, as uh, you know that super powerful and super intelligent gorilla who was the leader of Gorilla City when he had to fight him this is the real problem of for Gorilla Grodd in this fight is the fact he is again at best by his own admission a basic hand-to-hand fighter not saying he's not dangerous but that's his skill level so compare that with Moon Knight sure the personality of Stephen Grant would be a physical mismatch for Gorilla Grodd I, I get that Stephen's timid kind-hearted doesn't actually like to hurt people. Let's get rid of him. But we saw in the Moon Knight series, Mark Spector takes over when the fighting gets serious. And Mark Spector's Moon Knight is not just super powered, not just armed with his crescent moon throwing stabbing weapons, but he's also a fighting master and an absolute killing machine when necessary. Sure, Gorilla Grodd will use his telepathy to try to hurt Moon Knight. I get it. But Moon Knight will have that supernatural resistance I talked about before. And he can switch from personality to personality to personality. This is something he'll do. And, you know, if all else fails for Moon Knight, there's Jake Lockley. We witnessed Jake's handiwork in the season finale where, again, I hated watching it, but it was still kind of impressive in a weird way, where we see Moon Knight was on the ground, helpless, and seemingly about to be defeated by Arthur Harrow, when he was a super powerful avatar for the god Am- Amit. And then Moon Knight, is smart, Mark Spector, blacks out for a few seconds, only to reawaken. Now he's standing up, holding the very staff against an unconscious Arthur Harrow, with all of his henchmen either knocked out or dead around him. It was crazy. See, Jack-, Jack Lockley is Gorilla Grodd's kryptonite. A super-powered opponent, with weapons, who loves to fight, loves to kill, and is absolutely ruthless. Gorilla Grodd, by the way, that sounds like Solivar, Gorilla Grod wouldn't do well against Solivar. we already mentioned it, and in this case, a Moon Knight Jack Lockley combo with Mark Spector, this would go a lot worse for him. So here's how I see this fight going, real quick. Both of these opponents match up. If Steven Grant's there, he's like, uh, I can feel this is dangerous, I'm out. Mark Spector takes over. A furious battle starts to go on. Gorilla Grodd uses his telepathy rightfully so to try to get an attack because that's his bread and butter that's his you know that's what he wants to have happen but he's seeing his attacks aren't really working could Moon Knight be affected maybe but it's not really slowing him down and affecting him the way he wants to and then the physicality of Moon Knight kicks in a huge battle steps up if Moon Knight Mark Specter, even feels like he's starting to lose it just like he did in the season finale of Disney Plus all of a sudden his eyes go in the back of his head he wakes up a few seconds later and there is Grodd on the ground messed up horrifically because a superior opponent with better fighting technique who can match him the physicalities with insane magical weapons and magical powers took him out because that's the kind of insane opponent you need to take out someone as great as Gorilla Grodd. That's why Gorilla Grodd loses. That's why Moon Knight wins. And that's my point number three.
1: Uh, you're you're, you're making a lot of assumptions here, James, and I don't blame you for it, but these are terrible, terrible assumptions because, effectively, Jake Lockley and Mark Spector are the exact same character. One is just meaner than the other, and I'm sorry. They still have the same powers, the same abilities, uh, and I don't think the meanness is going to matter. Now, I'm glad you brought up the King Shark uh, example because King Shark is a character you talk about the defensive mind control. King Shark is a character who is twice the size of Grodd. Very, very potent, very, very powerful and Grod's mind attacks don't work on King Shark. They had a fight. Now you can claim that he uh, King Shark won. Well, in the actual fight that happened when the two were fighting against each other only uh, Grod used the environment to his advantage. was able to jump around, throw different things at King Shark. Got King Shark to the roof where King Shark didn't know where Grod was, and he hit him in the head with a steel girder, knocking him unconscious and winning the fight. He went to go string him up, and all the other heroes had to work together to stop Grod at that point. So it's not that King Shark won the fight. No, no, no. Grod won that fight against uh, King Shark, and that leads my question. We know that Gorilla Grodd has defeated The Flash. We know that he's defeated King Shark. We know that he's defeated these massive, super characters. Who did Moon Knight beat on the show? He beat Ethan Hawk, who has a cane. <laughs> I mean, he didn't really beat anybody. He beat thug after thug after thug after thug. Uh, yes, there were plenty of thugs, but who cares? There were no deeply hardcore superheroes or, or m- m- mega-powered characters that he fought on the show. Well, Gorilla Grodd has that experience. That's why Moon Knight is pretty easy to work here. And at the end of the day, one of these characters thinks faster. I know that Moon Knight needs to black out to win his battles, but when he blacks out against Gorilla Grodd, it's not going to work. So the blackout is instantaneous.
0: It's not really a blackout, it's just a shift. And secondly, Ethan Hawke, um, as uh, Adam Harrow, was the avatar for the, one of the most, if not the most powerful, god of that Egyptian pantheon, Amit. And he was taking on both, uh, you know, tons of he was super powerful um, and almost had uh, Moon Knight defeated with his staff and all the insane powers he had. That's he got who Moon beat Knight down defeated.
1: and shot in the head, James. He got shot in the head and was killed, I assume.
0: When he wa- Well, yeah, when he wasn't tethered to the god anymore, when he was just a regular human. All Not right, race to, race to Canis. Race to Canis, you've had three points. I've had three points. David, it's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Moon Knight and and Gorilla Grodd.
2: Is it still okay to ask a couple questions? Sure, sure. Well, James, the thing is, you've convinced me of the magical weapons, The um, and I'm going to say as the temporary authority here as the judge, I'm going to throw out the rule that says you can't have help in this case because, to me, Conchu, uh Jack Lockley, uh, Mark Spector, and Stephen Grant are all one entity in my mind. So they have the power of being able to collaborate. Now, I do have two questions for you, James. You speak of magical weapons and magical powers. Tell me more about the powers, specifically the powers, not the weapons.
0: Sure, so the powers are kind of like, um, the magical powers manifest as enhanced physicals, like I mentioned before, where he's got super strength. Again, indeterminate, because we don't know the exact measurement, but it's definitely uh, at least two tons over his head, if not more. But those not He's magical. got super magical. speed. Oh, speed. magical, like what kind yeah, of magical not, blast yeah, yeah. he can yeah, use?
2: Like not, yeah, like not physical things, not fighting skills, not weapons, magical powers. Because you said that word, you said that phrase.
0: Got it. So the magical powers uh, manifest as physicals. He does not have an ability to cast magic. At least we haven't seen that yet.
2: Okay. So in my mind, he doesn't have any magical powers. So, um, can Konshu push Grodd's mind control um, out of their minds, out of the three of their, out of the Moon Knight's minds? Can he intervene and do something psychic or godlike? to move the influence of God's mind out of their minds?
1: I can actually answer that one for you, David. The answer is no, because Khonshu didn't want Stephen Grant in his mind, but Khonshu himself could not push Stephen Grant out of his mind. He needed him to give that up willingly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What do you no, say, So James? here's the deal. So, right. So, Ray, you're not wrong on that. So the the difference is it's based on this answer. The answer is based on the fact that whatever Khonshu has to do to remain tethered to the earth, which means his avatar has to remain alive. So if all of a sudden something's happening where the avatar is possibly going to die from this attack, he will give something to aid the avatar to overcome that. We saw that in the last episode where Moon Knight had to gain a tactical advantage against the Adam Harrow, who's now the avatar of meat, and gave him the power of flight just to overcome that, to overcome that distance advantage and gain a tactical advantage even for a second over his uh, his opponent. So yes, I do believe if that was overcoming something in Moon Knight's mind it was going to threaten him in such way, Khonshu would definitely step in and at least give him the ability to overcome it and tank it like the physical attacks he's got.
1: Mm-hmm. Except we've never seen evidence of what you're talking about, really. We haven't seen any evidence of Khonshu protecting from a psionic attack. You're just hoping that that's a thing that might happen. It
0: happened in the 616 universe a lot, and this whole character is based off that character. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. Here's what I think. Knowing Grodd well, and I'm trying to push that out out of my mind as much as I can, um, from everything both of you have said, I get the sense that Moon Knight, as a combination of these four beings, um, is extremely smart, extremely tactical, uh, super able to handle almost any situation using a combination of their skills and their ferocity. The ferocity is the thing that I keep coming back to because although Grodd is ferocious, I always get the sense that Grodd can only really focus on like one major thing at a time. You know, like if he's got his mind control thing, that's just taking care of everything. If he doesn't, at times he gets confused. Um, even though he's really, really smart, people can outsmart him. He does lose battles. The combination of all the things I've said, the skills, the Just the, the cunning, uh, I really get back to that, the ferocity, the cunning, um, the, the feeling that they just would never, ever, ever stop. I think at the end of the day, I think the combination of those beings could find a way to disable the mind control in some way. I'm going to say Moon Knight.
1: Based on what, David Sobolov? He's never done that before. You're inventing reasons that don't exist.
2: (laughs) You get so mad when you lose. (laughs) Because I shouldn't be losing this. Everyone at home is furious
1: with you right now. You can't just, first off, you brought out outside interference (laughs) to help him, which is illegal, and then you gave him credit for powers he does not have, which is also illegal. What are you talking about right now? You know,
2: the loudest guy doesn't always win. I know, I know. That's I welcome blown away with this result David. because
1: what you have just described is not Moon Knight. Well, what, I'm uh, only by, going... by your by your logic, my cat could win this battle. I'm
2: only going by what you guys said tonight. No, you, you know didn't. You went by David, made stuff. You made up.
0: David, I got to tell you, the reason why I agree with you is because of how great the Gorilla Grodd, the character, is on the on the Flash CW series. Because at the end you know we see him work together with the flash he's almost like this compassionate soul that we feel for because he was put in this horrible situation where he was experimented he on and tortured all the time that's right. And he comes around at the end and all he wants to do is kind of live in peace. I mean, there's something, I mean, eventually. Anyway, I'm just trying to say that's why you have someone who just wants to kind of live in peace and be you know whole versus someone who is mentally deranged and loves ripping people, like fighting people and is a master assassin and that's the second most dangerous personality existing in Moon Knight. And I and think I your su- decision I, is absolutely uh,
2: correct. And I could sum it up another way. I believe the three personalities of Moon Knight Are Konshu. They're an extension of Konshu. They're his, you know, as you say, the left fist of Konshu. How can you defeat a god?
1: They're not, though, David. They are absolutely very demonstrably not that. Ray, you're going you to burst a blood That's not, in your head. That is not who they are. They fight against him and disagree with him all the time. He cannot make them do anything. That is a central conceit of that character. I hope
2: you have really good health insurance, Ray. Cause... I got two types because I need it. But you're saying
1: things that are just false. And I want to make sure you're making a decision based on proper knowledge and not based on things you wish were true how do you feel right now
0: knowing that you lost using Gorilla Grodd against the character who brought Gorilla Grodd to
1: life I don't know what I have to do at this point in the show and for the last two months I give epically great ex- P- people at home and I was reading the comments which you should never do and they said Ray you're the problem and why you're losing these battles you shouldn't be losing even though we all agree you should win these battles the entire world sees what's happening and can't fathom what the judge is talking about, but the reason you're losing these battles, you're not giving a specific and concrete way that your character would win. Well, I provided that very specifically and using actual facts from the actual shows that happened. And James just sets up and goes, I don't know, he'll figure it out. And we have a judge that goes, I don't know, he'd figure it out. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I use actual rules and logic and stay within the spirit of the game and tell you specifically how he'd win, and James just farts into a microphone and shouts magic 72 times, and the judge goes with him. I don't know at this point in the show what needs to be said to get a proper decision.
2: I actually really worked hard to suppress my knowledge of this character cuz I play this character on TV. I know you do, so you should know better. <laughs> I my fundamental feeling I had to go back to my knowledge of the character a little bit because he does have the ability to get confused. And if anybody could confuse him at any point in, in at any in any universe, it's the character you described James.
0: This is what it's all about. Look, Grodd is an amazing, two, amazing combatant. Two battles combatant.
1: in a row where my character gets confused. This just doesn't track,
0: <laughs> or or does it? Here's the thing: Grodd is an amazing character, but again, there's—I don't want to call them deficiencies. There are areas where, again, if he was if he was equally as strong in his ability to multi-focus and be as good of a combatant. Against this, because look, most of the people he fights, they're not master combatants. When he does fight Solivar, who is a master combatant, even with the powers of Flash, he almost still dies anyway. When you kind of level the playing field and bring an insane fighter who's also a master assassin with a master martial artist kind of pedigree, this just doesn't go well. It's like Wolverine versus the Hulk. Wolverine stands a chance because he's just that good of a fighter. All right, listen, David Solvalov, you are a delight. You're a treasure. We are so happy for your success, and we're even happier that you came back on the show. Please come back yet again. Tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base,
2: where they can find you online. You can solely find me now on Twitter after the hackers did their work on me and got me kicked off of Facebook and Instagram. Thank you, hackers. So I am only on Twitter at Voloboss, my last name backwards. Very or my cool. website, Sobelove.com. sobolov.com. All right, Ray, you did well again today.
0: Great job. Tell our listeners where they can find you.
1: You can find me just sitting here reading through uh, 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 argument books and, and and logic uh, pamphlets, <laughs> but apparently that doesn't matter on the Who Would Win show because at the end of the day, the judge, and this is a flaw in the design of the show, the judge can just decide whatever they want. This should not be left up to a judge. By the end of season four, I say we do away with judges because they're obviously (laughs) not doing a very good job. Let's leave it up to the people that I hand select to pick after the battle is over. And let's just go to a panel of people. I choose to decide the fate of each of these battles, because this one in particular is, as the kids would say, hogwash. Ray,
2: you called me. You You chose me. Oh. Well, I would choose four other people who would vote you down, <laughs> down at the end of the day.
1: You can find me on Twitter, at Almighty Ray, David Sobolov. I am such a massive fan of yours. It makes this so bitterly disappointing that apparently you don't know how logic works and you can't follow rules when we put them in front of you and read them out loud at the beginning of the show. I am ashamed,
2: Ray. <clears> right well, I also know how villains work and they never win every time or you'd have no show.
1: Well, lately villains don't win any times, so I'm questioning if we have a show
0: here and now.
2: <laughs> You're so, so Ray, funny you were man, reading. You're
0: reading pamphlets. Ray, you were reading pamphlets on arguing. Is that correct? Yeah, I found them at the at the library. Gotcha. Do you mean like debate booklets? No. No, no no, 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 just how, how to, to shout, argue. shout people
1: down in, Got in it. Got it, just how spaces, to yell at yeah. you.
0: Okay, gotcha. Well, I mean, you're succeeding. I mean, well done. All right, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavsey. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Race Stekanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hey, gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash hoodwindshow right now. Okay, got to prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.